Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That period in Oakland was incredible. You know, we had the Raiders won a Super Bowl right then, and they were great forever before that, too. And the A's went to three World Series in a row and won them. You know, it was a wonderful time to be in the Bay Area. Adam Duritz's rock band, Counting Crows, went on tour in 2018 to celebrate their 25th year together. He's a fan of longevity. He's been loyal to the Golden State Warriors since his days as a UC Berkeley student before he started the band. When the Warriors won the NBA championship in 2015, kicking off a dynasty that would stretch to five straight finals appearances, Duritz was rewarded for sticking with the team through some less than successful seasons. When arch nemesis LeBron James signed with the LA Lakers after the 2018 NBA season, Duritz was philosophical about it. The reason the Warriors are a super, super team is because they're not a super team, he said. He'd seen the team culture firsthand. He's pals with Dubs coach Steve Kerr, and that culture, Duritz thought, was second to none. As someone who stayed in the same band for 25 years, he said, I appreciate the value of staying when there's other offers out there. I'm LaChina Robinson. Those sweet, funky sounds you hear are the Budos Band. And this is Huge Fan, the podcast where stars talk sports. Now, please welcome Adam Duritz, Golden State Warriors Huge Fan. Adam, thank you so much for joining us on Huge Fan. It's great to have you with us today. Now, tell me about how you became a Warriors fan. Well, we moved to California from Texas, I guess, 1974. And the Warriors had a great team, Phil Smith, Rick Barry, Clifford Ray. They were really, really entertaining. And, you know, within a couple of years, they won. They completely upset and swept the Bullets. I had lived in Boston when I was a really young kid, and so I had loved the Celtics. And my first sports memory, really, is the Celtics in the late 60s and loving that team. Uh, and then in the years since we left Boston, I kind of, you know, wasn't really basketball that I was into in, uh, in Texas. And when we got to California, it just was like right at the right time with an incredibly entertaining Warriors team that I really loved and sort of fell in love with. And they were so... There was a lot of things going on. That period in Oakland was incredible. You know, we had the Raiders won a Super Bowl right then, and they were great forever before that, too. And the A's went to three World Series in a row and won them. 
you know, it was a wonderful time to be in the Bay Area right then. And uh, it seemed like every team, except for the SEALs, I guess, the hockey team was great. <laughs> uh, and so I, I just really loved the Warriors right then. And they had a lot of entertaining teams for years and years after that. I mean, they were often, you know, good enough to be 42 and 40, get the playoffs, but be a low seed and have a, that mid-range pick. You know, even this team was built off... God, honestly, mostly mid-range picks. You know, Steph's what, maybe a seven, Clay's an 11, I think. Mm-hmm. Dre's a second rounder. So, you know, th- th- this team was built so much on just putting a great team together and sticking with it. And they're, I mean, a completely unique trio, too. Uh, saved a lot by the fact that, you know, poor Steph had so many injuries when he was younger that his, his second deal wasn't great, um, which is why they could afford being the Warriors for a while. But they were just always it- an entertaining team. Mitch Richmond, you know, Tim Hardaway, and I loved Tim Hardaway. You know, and Chris Mullen, that was a great team, too. They had a lot of really, really entertaining teams. When you think about those early years of becoming a Warriors fan, and I know your dad was a part of that, what were some of the memories, the earliest memories of that team that kind of stick with you? Well, my dad grew up in Philadelphia. So his teams, as a kid, his dad loved the Phillies, but he was an A's fan in Philadelphia, and he was a, a Warriors fan as a kid. So when we got to California, it was just weird after living so many different places to land in this place where my father's two childhood teams were as well. You know, that was so that was a big part of it as well. That he it was like his childhood had come back from my childhood, you know, plus the Raiders, which is, you know, a huge, great plus. So that was a big part of it. Kind of a father son thing. Baseball was always more to him. I loved basketball. I guess it's because when I got to Oakland, everyone played basketball. I hadn't really played it before. As a kid, you played mostly baseball and football in Texas, but like basketball was every street corner in Oakland had courts, you know, and all the way up through, you know, after college, when I was in my first bands, it seemed like there was always someone running full court at Hearst courts too. Like everybody played ball. I went on tour years later with Michael Franti and we had this memory of like, after he got out of college, I think he was at SF State, you know, that we had been running full court for years together before either of us were successful in bands. We remembered each other from playing basketball. I mean, I was mediocre. He was great. I was going to ask, but, what were you like? Were you a shooter, defender? I was okay. I mean, I could, I could <laughs> shoot some. Not like, just I could shoot. And I was okay on the wing, I guess, you know. No, I was, I mean, I, I was a guy, it was good enough to be running, to running full court. You right. know, but not like anything special. You, you leave yeah. me unguarded, I could hit some shots. That's all gone <laughs> now. I, I realized like when we were playing, neither of us had picked up a ball in years he, he had been barefoot for years, and we were rehearsing for this tour together, and I, had, I didn't have any injuries growing up playing sports, but I blew out my knee on stage in my band at one point. I had, knees, you know, I had ACL, MCL, everything blown out. I hadn't played ball in a few years, and I realized, okay, I could still kind of play, but I, I can't get more than a couple inches off the ground anymore. Like, what were you doing gone. on stage to blow out your ACL and your MCL? And both meniscus. I jumped off the drum riser, and... It's one of those things where split seconds take an hour in your memory. It was just before the guitar solo, and I jumped off this drum riser. It was the Beacon Theater in New York. And as I was going to land, I kind of realized I wasn't going to land on the beat. So I think I stretched out my legs as opposed to, like, letting the cushion. And so it just, I snapped my leg in half. Oh, my gosh. That is not good. Played the whole show, though. Played the entire show, and that was the second song. So you 
playing the whole show could be compared to Kobe Bryant walking to the free throw line to knock down those free throws with the torn Achilles, right? I mean, yeah, that's tough. Play doing it in the uh, in the uh, yeah. in coming back off the bench to do it in the Raptor series. Yeah, my friends of mine that play professional sports, if they ever get ACL injuries and don't finish the game, <laughs> I, I just I call them the wimps they are. You know. <laughs> So take me back to attending your first Warriors game. Do you remember what that was like? Who was playing? What did you huh. notice in that moment? It might have been the, the Hardaway days. It might be Run TMC. What were your favorite highlights of Run TMC? Well, they were so amazing. And I think it was, you know, we'd never had the high draft picks. And even with those guys, they weren't like really, really high picks, as I remember. I don't think. Uh, I don't remember very clearly. But the, I could see the allure that must have seemed like to be able to get a Billy Owens, but it was such a mistake to trade Mitch away. Like, they were such a magical team, and, you know, Richmond's a Hall of Fame player. You know, and I think maybe they just were so used to being great underdogs and doing such great stuff with undervalued players that the chance to get a valued player must have seemed like such a... It had such allure that they, they made a huge mistake with that. I remember kind of the heartbreak of a few years after that with like um, Hardaway getting injured. And we got Weber, but then Hardaway was out for a year right around then. And so Weber had kind of led the team. By the time Hardaway came back, they ended up trading away Weber. The team wasn't getting along. It just like seemed like all these missed opportunities. Like we get a break, like getting a Chris Weber, you know, a generational player. And mm-hmm. the chance to have him play with those guys. But then Mitch is already gone. And by the time Tim comes back from the injury, uh, they end up trading away Chris Weber, and they don't, they're not used to playing together. They don't get along. Weber's been kind of leading a team, and just seemed like we never really had everything come together at the right time. Good enough always to be like an eight seed or a seven seed, or, you know, but, and to upset somebody like the We Believe teams did, but not good enough to really, or like the Sleepy Floyd, that incredible game with Sleepy Floyd against the Lakers where they were getting swept but he came back and scored like all those points in the fourth quarter. I remember watching that just being stunned. He, they just couldn't stop him, you know? Um, yeah. But never all of it at once. Not good enough to be, to be an upset team occasionally or an upset game, but not good enough to really, you know, until this team. Now, the second episode of The Last Dance explores the foot injury that nearly threatened Michael Jordan's career though he was also on the court at the Coliseum when Jordan, um, when he injured himself, Sleepy Floyd did not remember much about that game besides it being another loss in a disaster season. What do you remember about the Warriors' encounters with Michael Jordan in particular during that period? I remember being fascinated with Jordan. You know, his team was terrible at first, not very good. And by the time they got good... it was more about how he was doing against the Bostons of the world, you know, like because mm-hmm. the Celtics were really good again right then, and they had been my childhood love, you know. That's Bird and McHale in those years, um, Robert Parrish, you know, that the, those teams. So I, what I really remember is Jordan playing the Celtics games. It's interesting thinking about that era, and I'm from that mindset that, yes, Scottie Pippen was a great player, but... The Bulls weren't stacked on paper, right? Like they had the Tony Kukoc and the Steve Kerr that just came in and kind of played their role. Jordan was the all-star. He was the man. He was the greatest. And then there was Scottie Pippen. When you look at the Warriors, it kind of took Kevin Durant coming in, right? That multiple superstar look for this dynasty to be created. What did you think about Kevin Durant joining the Warriors and even his exit? I think Dre had done some stuff in the second championship playoffs where he deserved some techs for sure. 
But I thought yeah. the thing that got him thrown out of that game was ludicrous and was more a foul that LeBron committed. And I love LeBron James. I think he's incredible. But I think it took them kicking Dre out of that game, too, and losing a home game, which is a bigger deal in basketball than anywhere else. Losing that home game, it took that. Otherwise, they would have won that season, too. It's funny. I have some friends who are big Thunder fans, and I told them the year before that that KD was going to end up on the Warriors, that I thought he would. Because speaking to friends who talked to him, I don't think it was about joining like just a team to win a championship. I think it was he really wanted to play differently. I remember one of my friends was with him at like an all-star game and they were watching like the last Warriors game before the all-star game, one of those two years. And he was just ranting about how cool the offense was and how free and how great he loved the way they played, how beautiful it was. He said to somebody with him something like, God, I would love to play with that team. Do you think they'd, ah, I wish I could play on a team like that, you know? And his friend were like, yeah, they'll have you in a second. Don't worry about it. Before we move on to our game day, You mentioned Draymond Green, who I think the world of. To me, his ability to understand the intangibles of the game of basketball, beyond shooting, beyond, you know, even the beauty of spreading the floor, his defense, you know, his understanding of the game, the way he can just really dig into a scout of another team. He's he's incredible. But I do think he's cost the Warriors some moments, right? Whether it's momentum or technical fouls. Uh, I do think that he comes with some controversy. I know you're a huge fan. So counter my argument that he can be a bit of a distraction. Oh, I I think he certainly can. But I mean, I also think you learn, I've been in a band for a long time with the same guys, you know, and there are things about them that I wouldn't do. There aren't ways that I handle things. But you learn after doing something for a while that like, you know, that's just an artifact of their personality. I wouldn't do that, but they don't have to be like me to be good guys. They bring all these other pluses every day. They have things that I don't bring that they bring. And their negatives, some of them you can decide which ones that are okay and which ones are like, yeah, I don't wanna live with that. But you know, people are like that too. And any kind of cooperative environment, like a band or a team, you know, I think there are definitely negatives. And I think he would tell you as well that he you know, cost them that championship with that, not so much with what went on in that one game with LeBron, but in the earlier ones, you know. And I think he's learned, you don't see that going on as much anymore. It's yeah. very different now. But he just brings so much that every team needs that you don't get championships without guys like that. The fact that he's a forward who's like willing to, he's just score more points. He gets a lot of assists now and not as many points. He just does everything. Yeah. And, and he's the heart of that team. I mean, he would probably yeah. tell you that Steph is. And I think Steph is a different kind of heart. And like having a player as unselfish and brilliant as Steph, who's as nice a guy, as decent a guy as that, I've just never... There are very few people like that. Having another, Clay's another one just like that who would sacrifice anything for the team, doesn't really care about his own stuff as much. They have three guys like that, and they, they yeah. each provide a different part of that dog. You know, yeah. you kind of need the whole dog. Yeah, I often I, say they remind me of a college team because there's no ego, right? Like, you wouldn't know that there was money involved. You almost wouldn't realize that they're a pro team because they're just a bunch of guys. that We were used to that in the college level, you know, before all the fame and all that becomes something in the NBA, there's this innocence to it and this innocence to the chemistry and how guys interact and their unselfishness. And you definitely feel that with the Warriors. I think a lot of that has to do with Steve too, because this stuff comes from the top down and the culture that he's like brought in there, because they had a lot of struggles. As great as Mark Jackson was in some ways, it was a lot more antagonistic between them. And I don't think that worked as well then. And I think Mark Jackson's a great coach, but with Steve, People were free to be themselves. I remember hearing David West say at one time, like talking about one of the young kids, he's like, 
you don't understand. You're never going to be in a situation like this again where a guy just wants you to be your best self. And that's coming from David West, you know, one of the old heads of the NBA, really, and a smart, smart guy. His talking about how freeing it was to be on that team. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. This is Game Day. In thinking about Game Day, what are your Game Day superstitions when the Warriors are playing? I've had a really weird one this year. Like, I live in New York. It's a long way for Warriors. I still went to a lot of games in the last few years, you know, as much as I could. But there's also, like, I watched a lot of games. I watched almost every game I could, you know. But they're late here, and I have a girlfriend now. It's harder to stay up late. And for some reason, during the pandemic, I stopped watching sports. I didn't get back into it until football came around. But I had not watched sports early this season, and the Warriors started playing really well, and I was really appreciating how much like they seemed to be picking up on Steph and learning from Steph. And I really wanted to start watching games, but every time I went to turn on the TV and watch a game, I started to get really superstitious about the fact that I hadn't watched earlier games, and if I watch a game, are they going to lose? It's the dumbest thing I've ever said in my life. But I ended up not watching any games this season because when I got kind of freed up and I was done with a lot of the work for the record and I was, they were starting to play well, and I wanted to watch games, I kept starting the game. I was watching games on my phone on GameCast, which is a terrible way to watch a basketball game, because I just got inexplicably nervous about being a bad luck charm after not having, I don't, it's the dumbest thing with China. I can't really? even, I've never been this kind of guy. I'm not that <laughs> kind of guy. I don't understand it. The only ritual I can really think of with Warriors games is I love to get there early occasionally just to watch Steph do his stuff. What were your initial thoughts that you just mentioned Steph Curry and how you watch him do his thing? You know, what do you make of all the critiques calling him a system player and just what everyone says about Steph Curry that isn't reflected by all the championships and the success that he's had? I think basketball has been defined for a very, very, very long time by being tall and by dunking. There were great shooters, but we, you know, and certainly we really worship guys like Reggie Miller. But other than Reggie Miller, it's hard to think of like, we don't think of like badass and shooter in the same thing. There were guys like Reggie Miller and Bird who loved to say like, who's coming in second? You know, th those guys who could put it in your face and they were gamers like that. But mostly that wasn't what appealed to us culturally about basketball. And Steph is an outlier that way. He's very, very different. 
And also in personality, he's very, very different, you know? And I think that there's a lot of people who wanted to get, their hot take was going to be to shut that down. And, you know, that's all great and good, but he's got three championships. He's going to break the three-pointer record at the age of 12 with 40 years left in his career. It's almost like when Ricky Henderson broke the stolen base record and had another 10 years of career after it. But I think, you know, you know who doesn't say that? You don't hear LeBron saying it. You know, you don't hear guys like John Morant, young guys who play very different games than Steph and who just beat Steph, but you don't hear them saying it. When other people come out and talk about basketball, the players, the guys playing nowadays, they're in awe of Steph. Yeah. You know, maybe some of the, the old the heads don't. You know, and I understand why. You know, there's a big thing being a, a Hall of Fame the older player in talking about like, well, when I was a player, it was like this because you're constantly being, you know, redefined and underappreciated. Even Shaq, who was not a big Steph fan early on, has come around and says, like, you know, he's it, you know. How did your friendship with Steve Kerr begin? And has it strengthened maybe your relationship or your faith in the Warriors? Oh, yeah. I mean, to have, like, a friend become the coach of your team is, like, incredible. You know, it happened to me at Cal recently because Justin Wilcox and I have been friends for many, many years. And he's one of my best friends, and he's the coach of my college team, you know, that I grew up going when I was 13, you know. Steve used to come to gigs when he was playing with the Bulls and with the Spurs. He would come to gigs and come to shows and come hang out backstage with Margo. You know, and we got to know each other just a little bit backstage back then and uh, got back in touch years later. I hadn't seen him in a while um, and just enjoy spending time together. He's the nicest guy. He's like, he's just legitimately just like that. He's a funny, nice, smart, incredibly decent guy. In, in that, he's personality-wise, he reminds me of Steph, who I don't know as well. I mean, I've spoken to Steph a few times, and it's rare to find someone as famous as Steph who talks to you like, he's talking to you for a second when he's talking to you. It's, it's not like yeah. it's a bother. And Steve's like that. He's an incredibly decent guy. Um, you mentioned um, earlier on uh, new music, and your band, Counting Crows, just dropped a new EP, Butter Miracle Sweet One. Uh, what were some of the inspirations behind creating this new project? Well, I hadn't written much for a while. As much as I love playing music and writing music, and we were touring all the time, putting out music can be kind of a grind. You know, dealing with the rest of the world as opposed to just dealing with me and six of my best friends making music together, it's a whole other thing, you know? Um, I just think I was kind of burnt out on it, but I, I had been spending a lot of time, a friend of mine has a farm in the west of England, and I was out there by myself a lot, me and two dogs, and he wasn't even around a lot of the time, and it was just miles of hills and dales and forests and me, and I was just out in the woods every day with these dogs, and I wanted to play piano again, and I got a piano, I rented a keyboard in London, a friend drove it down, I started playing, and then I started writing. I wrote these two songs where... The beginning of one was the end of the one before it, and they flowed together perfectly, and I got really excited about what if I wrote a whole suite of music that didn't stop at all, that just like the ending of one song is the beginning of the next song, and they're four completely different songs, but it sounds like one long piece of music. And I, I got really excited about that, and it was honestly the first time I've been excited about it in a few years. And it made me just want to write, and then it made me want to record, and I'm, now I'm just really excited to put it out, you know, honestly. We are excited to hear it and very happy to hear that you re rediscovered um, that love and that passion for the writing and for the music. So looking forward to that. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 
The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Welcome to Crunch Time. Now I need some rapid answers. I'm going to ask you some rapid questions. Okay, ready? Yeah. Favorite championship win? The second championship for the Warriors because we were all in Cleveland. Who is the most underrated warrior? Jamal Wilkes. Most prized Warriors memorabilia? I have a ball that my dad got me at an auction when I was a kid signed by uh, Tim Hardaway. You get to orchestrate one trade for the team. Who do you want for your Warriors roster? Uh, We'll just get KD back, man. One word to describe the Warriors. Swish. One word that would describe your Warriors fandom. Love. Adam, this has been awesome. I've really enjoyed my time with you. Thank you for sharing your love for the Warriors and for basketball. It's great, and I look forward to all the new music. Thank you, Luchan. It really is a pleasure. This is a really fun interview to do, actually. You can find Huge Fan on Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you like the show, please rate, review, and share so other huge fans can find us. And don't forget to follow the show or subscribe in your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.